This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Dave McCann and Tyler Haas. Last Monday of March, welcome in to BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hard to believe the last Monday of the madness of March Madness. Wherever you are, wherever and however you're connected, it's good to have you with us. Dave McCann teamed up with a guy who's enjoying everybody's all-time BYU Hoops Final Four listing. That would be Tyler Haas. I don't know what we did today, but we all won something because Tyler Haas is here. Oh, man. Hey, always good to be in studio with, with, with you, Dave. I, am I in your final four of BYU? That's what I really want to know. Absolutely. You're number one today. <laughs> as far as today, you're number one. Uh, and I just want to give you an advisory that any time in this next hour, Tyler might come over here and smack me in the face. We won't know if he's mad or if he's acting. But no that's one will the hook know. Today. That's the hook. you got to stay with us. What a night last night, huh? Here's the lineup for today. We've got a great show, what the off-season focus will be for BYU Hoops, and we've got the expert right here to dive into that. We'll hear from Tyler Algier, Samson Nakua, and Neil Pau. I interviewed them all at Pro Day. We'll get their reaction. They had quite a Friday, especially Samson. And the future of BYU and the transfer portal are all the answers in the portal. We'll talk about that. First, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tyler? Former BYU Cougar Daniel Sorensen signs a free agent contract with the New Orleans Saints for next season. Sorensen will join fellow BYU alum Taysom Hill in the Big Easy after eight seasons in Kansas City. Sorensen won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs in 2020 and started 39 games in Kansas City. I was surprised. I was surprised yeah, his coach comes out too. here. Tyree Kill goes to the Dolphins. Yeah. Sorensen goes to the Saints. Baseball dropped two games to 24th-ranked Gonzaga Friday and Saturday. They beat them back on Thursday, 11-2. Friday night, 6-3. Saturday, 9-4. Cougars now 12-9 on the season, hosting Washington State. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 Eastern on the BYU TV app. BYU 6-2 on the season against P5 programs. 4-0 against the Pac-12. On the other side of Miller Park, softball swept three games from future Big 12 Conference foe Iowa State. The Cougars outscored the Cyclones 27-10 in the series. Violet Zavodnik recorded nine RBIs in three games, including two three-run homers. She's playing unbelievable. Uh, next up, New Mexico State in a doubleheader Thursday on the BYU TV app. I tell you what, Zavodnik is worth the price She's of admission. Big time. Volleyball gets a split. This weekend on the road at 7th-ranked Pepperdine. Cougars won the first match in five sets. Lost on Saturday, 3-0, but uh, getting the split at Pepperdine for this young team, that's big. Nice to see them get a win on the road. Yeah. BYU thrower Dallin Schertz recorded the eighth best discus throw in school history, a throw of 60.35 meters. The throw earned Schertz a third place finish in the Aztec Invitational. How far do you throw the discus? Not that far, Dave. (laughs) Both women's and men's tennis teams earned splits over the weekend. The women beat Gonzaga 4-zip on Friday and dropped a match to Portland 4-3. The men fell 4-1 to the Zags, bounced back with a 4-3 victory over Utah State. Always nice to beat our friends in Logan. And and the Zags. And the Zags. More more so the Zags. (laughs) The men's golf team finished ninth out of 28 teams at the Goodwin Intercollegiate this weekend. Carson Lundell led the Cougars with an eighth place finish, his fourth top 10 finish of the season. Now look at the BYU Hoopsters in the pros. 
How about TJ Haas? We've heard of him before. Uh, 16 points for the Lakeland Magic. Is he better than you? You guys have played out in the garage, say, later today. Come on, you know the answer to that. I'm just, I'm just, you know, brothers. brothers he is gotta, playing well. Brandon He's... Davies, 19.8 boards for Barca. Seriously, though, would he, would he take you to the limit? You know, it's actually, it's always a good game when we play because we're so different. Like I, I, I probably have 25 pounds on him, and he's a little bit quicker, a little more shifty, and so our games kind of go at each other. I knew the bit. honesty would come out in a follow-up question. I, I don't say I lose, <laughs> but we definitely go at it. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending on this You're Monday, about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Here's a thought promoter. What is the most important off-season focus for BYU? And sitting over here is a guy who scored more points than any Cougar in history. That's more than Kreshmer. That's more than Danny Ainge. That's more than uh, Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading this just as you Crazy. wrote it. Uh, should I keep going? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can keep going. What's the focus now in the off-season for BYU Hoops? Is it a complete transformation? Or is it just, I need a spot here, here, and, and maybe here? Yeah, I, I, it feels like there's going to be a lot of new faces. I don't know if it's a complete transformation, but there's going to be a bunch of new faces. Um, the biggest question that I have, and I guess the biggest fo focus, is who's going to replace Alex Barcelo yeah. as, as that main scorer, right? It, it felt like at times if, if Alex wasn't scoring, nobody was scoring. And defense kept us in games, but uh, that that is a huge piece on, on the offensive end that – needs to be filled. Got to bring in a couple of guys. I don't know if they're fifth-year guys. I don't know if it's this incoming freshman class that is really well-respected. Lots of great scores there. But there's got to be some guys that, that can put the ball in the hoop. It seems to me that you need a front line to get to the big dance, mm -hmm. but you need guards to advance in the big yeah. dance. And just look at what we've seen. I look at the guards from St. Peter's and how far they got uh, their team down the road yeah. before losing over the weekend. But guards seem to be the tournament thing. Mm -hmm. But without a front line, you can't get there. No, that's true. That's true. And, you know, I think Foose and Atiki, I mean, they they were they were the piece that held this team together this year. Kind of a saving grace uh, as Richard Harward and Gavin Baxter went out. You know, they they played a huge role in BYU's success and, and the great start that they had. And I, I expect them to take a big... Uh, step forward this offseason. But yeah, you're right. They need they need one, maybe two guys to to complement that core front line. Uh, and then, yeah, who who are the guards that are going to step up and be those those scoring guards that they need? I think Mark Pope's staff is going to have to decide here real quick. Is Dallin Hall, who is in the Philippines, finishing mm -hmm. up his mission, but he's supposed to be home, I think, in June, uh, maybe May. But is he a point guard moving forward at 6'3", outstanding score at a Fremont High School, Mr. Basketball in the state of Utah? Mm -hmm. uh, and if he is, is he good enough to start playing as a freshman and give him a full year before the Big 12 and if he's not you got to go find a point guard right so what what do you think is he good enough to do that I know he's been on he's been teaching the gospel for hey, 22 months I I know something about the Philippines I I serve <laughs> my mission there and they I know they play basketball so I'm sure he's had a You're ball in he's his had hands a, few a little shots. bit yeah uh, but I, I definitely think Down, Down Hall is talented enough. Uh, th the question will be, can he get up to speed a as quickly as he needs to? And uh, I, think, I think he's more of a one-two combo. I think he's more of a wing. Uh, but uh, we'll see. But do you make him a point guard 
because in two years when Colin Chandler comes back, that might be your two guard. For sure. I, I think they'll they'll definitely explore that option. Yeah. I think if we know anything about Pope and his staff, he's going to give all his guys opportunities to, to kind of figure it out and explore it. We saw how many, I mean, how many lineups did we see this year? I mean, well, we saw 10 different ones after Baxter's. Injury, yeah, at least. And so there's there's definitely going to be opportunity and some exploration there. Uh, but Dallin Hall will be big. I think uh, I'm excited to watch Richie Saunders coming yeah. back. I mean, he's a six five dead eye shooter from the wing, uh, but can also finish inside really physical and tough. And so he's another one that that will be exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pope and his staff go out and bring in another guy like Tijon Lucas, you know, a, a, a fifth year guy that is has a ton of experience under his belt and uh, is looking for, you know, that that second opportunity. We've heard Pope talk about that over and over again. Those are the type of guys in the portal that uh, he's looking for. I think, uh, and, and I don't have anything to base this on other than just our general observations, but I, I, I think there's going to be a major overhaul. And I think there's going to be a lot of new faces. Um, and it starts with, a, there's got to be a big center and mm-hmm. we've had some on campus and, yeah. and the portal is like, you know, it's like going to Walmart. There's something on every aisle that you, yep. you might go, I have a need for that. Um, but, but, but then you have Foose at the four, uh, and then you got to decide what to do with the three. Can Caleb Lohner play the three? Um, is, does Caleb Lohner come back? Uh, does Caleb Lohner go to a different role and BYU goes and gets a three? Mm-hmm. Um, that's because it's all about production now. It's not about friends. It's not about. It's really not even about potential. Done. It's about they have 12 months to get ready before they join the toughest league in all of college basketball, and and a lot that goes to the guard lines of what do you do with the two if Hall can play the one, mm-hmm. and if he's good enough, if he's good enough to to play a lot, then I say start him. I say start him because wow. the next year you need him for 40 games, 35 games. And, um, and the second year can't be the, well, let's get him into the lineup here yeah. because you're playing Texas Tech and Oklahoma and Texas and, and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and clearly I'm not a professional basketball coach, but I'm saying if he's the future, the future has to start now mm-hmm. as opposed to when the league gets super tough, when yeah. there's like five Gonzagas in there. I agree with that. I, you know, I think the lights get even brighter in the Big 12, and you got to have some experience under your belt as you're going against some of those lightning-quick, long athletic guards that you're going to see in the Big 12. Um, but, you know, you brought up an interesting point with Caleb. You know, I think they really want to play Caleb at the three. Yeah. He, he's more of a three. You watch his high school highlights. He's a three. Right. Uh, and An oversized three. And so... And he, and he played the five sometimes and the yep. four. And then he brought the ball. I mean, he was all over the place this last yeah, season. He was asked to do, do a lot yeah. with, with the injuries out. And, you know, I think we saw a different Caleb, though, those last four or right. five games. Yeah. He, he was playing with a lot more confidence than he had all season. We saw a bunch of outside shots go down. I I could see him playing playing three yeah. for sure. I think it'll be it'll be uh, very interesting. You know what else I don't like is is when people go well. You know, be careful what you wish for because this is what you're going to get. The Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is every is every dream of BYU. Yep, getting P five and getting to the into the Big Twelve is uh, it it doesn't even matter if we if the Cougars are beat down for a year or two or three or however long it takes. Mm-hmm. That this is it. This is like Zion, uh, and and so even in football, you're gonna take some licks. So what? Mm-hmm. You're in the game now. 
Yep. This, this means everything. And it also means everything to the coaches who are going to the portal, who are now saying, not only can you come to BYU, you can play on TV every night, and there's BYU TV and everything else, uh, you're playing against the best teams in the, in the country, and not one time has BYU ever been able to say that in the history of the program. Yep. You know, and I think another interesting part of this whole deal is BYU always has scheduling problems. Nobody wants to come to the Marriott Center. Everybody is nervous, whether they whether they say that or not. No, no one, especially in the preseason, wants to come and take that risk uh, of of playing BYU in front of twenty thousand fans. And and now you take all that pressure off going into the Big Twelve. And you know you're going to have Kansas. You're going to have Iowa State. You're going to have Texas Tech all coming to the Marriott Center. Right. And and then you don't have to spend the whole off season figuring out how you're going to schedule big teams in November and December. You don't even mm-hmm. have to. That's right. I mean, you can you can get one here and one there, but uh, I think the Cougars played seven NCAA tournament teams this year mm-hmm. from last year's big dance because Mark Pope knew that only Gonzaga and St. Mary's and then San Francisco was a surprise, but those yep. are the only teams that were going to help your net. Yep. Uh, now you don't even worry about that. That's you right. You fear that, actually, or you're nervous about <laughs> it. I don't know if you fear it, but... But you're right. But now the offseason can be, let's bring these guys along, not let's play San Diego State in the second game of the season. And you know what? That's a must win. Right. Even though we don't know quite know what our rotation is. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. It, the, the landscape of everything for, for BYU basketball changes. Uh, but, you know, ramping up this year, Pope has said numerous times, hey, we have unf- unfinished business in the WCC. And how awesome would it be if they make a run in their conference and, and, and are able to win it uh, going, into, going into the Big 12? That's always a tall task with, with Gonzaga. You know they're going to be good again. They always reload. Um, but I know that that's Pope's goal is to, to, to finish with a, a conference championship. I think once the, once the first domino falls, uh, uh, and falls might not be the right word, once the first commit from the portal comes, and I think people who ca- they then catch a vision mm-hmm. of what they're going to try to build here in the offseason, um, and optimism will come right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me ask you an unfair question, because uh, I like asking you unfair questions. Uh, you had some good players, some good teammates around you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were in the Big 12 as a BYU basketball team during your day, uh, how much greater would the talent around you have been potentially? Yeah, I I definitely think we would have gotten a few more guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look no further than Jabari Parker. Right. I mean, going into my senior year, that he was he was one of the biggest recruits, you know, in, in the last twenty or thirty years, and so close to coming to BYU, and that definitely could have been the you know the thing that pushed him over the edge because he was a one and done guy, and he he wanted to go to Duke and play against the best. Yeah. And, and now, like all that pressure is taken off in the recruiting process. You can you go after these big guys, and that's the picture you paint to them. Frank Jackson from your Lone Peak. Frank High Jackson, School. yeah, absolutely. I think BYU gets some of those guys now, and uh, the surrounding talent is going to be uh, incredible. It's exciting. As evidence, Colin Chandler would be yep. number one on that list for sure. First fish that they went out to get that was big and, and hooked him. Mm-hmm. And so many more to come. Our Utah question guy. of the day: What is the most important off-season focus for BYU hoops? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is. The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
All right, we got a couple to share with you. This one from at uh, Coulter Gill on Twitter. Getting another big guy. That's that's easy to say, hard to do, right? Yes. At uh, Lauren J. Smith, point guards and big men, kind of what we've been talking about. I'd like to see guys who we can bring in, have a couple of seasons, and build a continuous stream of development. Love the one and dones, but we need some continuity. Let's not rely only on grad transfers. That's also easier said than done because yeah. it's so tempting to go out and and, and get a fix, and you even see the blue bloods around the country doing the exact same yeah. thing. And and BYU's unique in that there's there's always three or four guys that are mission guys, and so that that adds another element into this thing. I I tell people it's got to be a mix, right? You got to have some incoming freshmen that you're developing and giving experience. I I think what's happened to Foose is the most beautiful thing that could happen to to BYU basketball. I mean. The experience that he got this year and the confidence that he's going to play yeah. with next year is uh, is incredible. All right, so. We're going to talk about the portal much more a bit later on. So save some of your thoughts and then <laughs> and the sharing with us because it's a big deal in all sports at BYU and and everywhere else for that matter. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us some of your thoughts. Okay, coming up, could we see Duke a Duke UNC version of BYU Utah in the future? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're also going to go back to Pro Day and hear from uh, Tyler Algier and Samson Nakua, Neil Pau. It was their big moment Friday, live right here during BYU Sports Nation, and we'll hear from them. This is Monday's version of BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, join us Thursday for BYU football's alumni game. First one. Former Cougar greats Max Hall and Kevin Federick going to lead their teams at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You can see our coverage live Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Blaine and I will be up in the booth calling the action. Spencer and Jerem down on the sidelines with live mics and uh, a lot of football players. So it should be a fun couple of hours coming Thursday night. And uh, between now and Thursday, we'll, we'll get to the rules and, and uh, all that stuff for what kind of game we're going to see. But uh, anytime the big shots come back, it's, it's fun to have. If they're uh, tossing the football around, it's an added bonus. We're live in Studio B, Dave McCann with a great Tyler Haas. Good to have you with us. Good yeah. to have you here. Always good to be here. You know, anytime Spencer and Jerem are gone, it's like they just turn the keys over to us and they say, just drive it for a while. We'll see what happens. Pick up the slack. Pro Day on Friday over at the indoor practice facility. We had live coverage here as we watched five Cougars uh, try to get the attention of 29 NFL teams who all had scouts here, including Tyler Algier. I talked to Tyler right after his workout. With Tyler Algier at Pro Day, how did it go? Yeah, shoot, I thought it went, thought it went well for all of our guys. Shoot, yeah, it was good. What were you looking to get done today? There are 29 teams represented here, uh, and and everyone knowing your background and your season, you just came out of. Yeah, I thought um, I showed a lot of things, especially catching out of the backfield. You know, just showing a lot of burst and speed, especially in our position drill. So you know, thought it was a good day. What have the last few months been for you? Instead of being in class, you've been preparing in for the business. No, oh, yeah, like you said, it's it's a straight business. So you know, they just training, training on everything for the combine to pro day, and now just getting into football shape. So what are you hearing from the scouts from the NFL? We hear three, four round. What what are you hearing? Sure, I can I couldn't tell you. I guess we'll just wait and see. Shoot. Yeah. Are you? 
Are you worried about it, or is it just now it's pro day's over and what happens, happens? Nah, whatever. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. You know, whatever team believes believes in me will get, yeah, whatever team believes in me, really. We'd ask Kalani and, and Harvey about your 4-6 time in the 40, and both of them had different answers, but supported the fact there's more video of you running away from guys who run faster than a 4-6 to trump any of that, and you chose not to run the 40 today. How come? Yeah, um, just thought, I just took my time. Especially, like, you can see on my start, it, like, a lot of guys have track speed, and, you know, especially the straightaway, but my start wasn't there, wasn't it, wasn't it. But, you know, I think I really just, just keep that 4-6 keep that time, 4-6 flat, so. How much of that play against Arizona State do you just kind of have on standby when someone asks you about what you can do on the field and you go, well, why don't you just watch this? Yeah, honestly, it's always in the back of my head. It's always, everyone always asked about that play, so, you know. It's cool. Are you eager to move on? I know the NFL is where you want to be, but a lot of your friends are getting ready, wrapping up spring practice, have another football season in the fall, and, and you made the choice that, that this was enough. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna miss those, miss those guys, but you know, it's just, uh, just now, every, you know, everything's a business now. So, you know, I'm, I'm gonna miss those guys, but now I just gotta, just gotta do me. We wish you the best of luck. No, I appreciate it. All right. Tyler Algier, former walk-on, linebacker, switched to running back. And then last year we all watched him. And we'll watch him again when AFR kicks off uh, in July as he uh, ran for history and a single-season all-time rushing leader. And here's some of the video from Friday's workout. And Tyler, when you, you've worked out for scouts and, and you really want to make a great impression, you want them to hire you and all of those things, exactly what Tyler, uh, Tyler's doing there but in a different sport. What, what's that feeling like? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of pressure. It's what you dream about. It's what you work hard for. Um, you, 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 I mean, all the work that you've put in uh, leads up to those moments. And so, yeah, you do. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's really interesting, you know, all of the outside pressure that is put on those times. Yeah. Right. And there, so many people are quick to dismiss film. Right. You watch Tyler Algier on film and it's like that is an NFL guy. Yeah. He's on a different level. And and so I think there's teams that are starting to move towards kind of that mindset. Yeah. Hey, let, let's perform well in the, these drills that obviously, you know, mean, mean something. They, they've got to mean something or they wouldn't do them. Uh, but but let's watch the film. Let's see if uh, let's let's see if he really knows how to play football. How he how he attacks a hole. How he cuts back. How he he reads reads defenses. I mean, those are all things that don't show up uh, in, in a pro day. I liked what Kalani told us Friday when he was live with us here, uh, and he said, "There's plenty of video of Tyler running away from guys who run a lot faster than a four six yeah. and a forty, and uh, and we saw that all season long, and uh, and now the weight." You know, and you know what the weight's like, too. He's just, what's he going to do today? He's going to get up, exercise, and wait because the draft's still not till the end yeah. of the next month. No, it's so much about just your daily routine and process. There's so much uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen. There's teams that, that do show interest, and uh, and then you never hear from them. And then there's teams that you feel like you're not on their radar, and they actually start calling and wanting to talk. And so... Uh, my whole process g leading up to the draft, it, it, it's, it's stressful because uh, just the uncertainty and, and so much of college basketball, college football 
is, you know, is predicted. Yeah. This is your class schedule. This is when the season starts. And now all that's thrown out the window and you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> and so it, it is scary, but uh, it's also it's also a fun time of life. I asked you know? Tyler about Chris Brooks, who's replacing him uh, at running back. And he said, man, he's going to be really good. <laughs> I said, well, that's what Cougar fans want to hear because Tyler was really good. In fact, we hadn't seen anybody run for more yards in a single season in all of BYU football than what we saw with Tyler Algier. Samson Nakua joined the Cougars for one year. He was the only guy on the team, I think, that believed BYU could beat Utah, and that leadership carried the other guys. He even caught a touchdown in that game, and they did beat the Utes back at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium a day after joining the Big 12 or at least announcing that they were joining the Big 12 and one of the greatest two-day combinations in the history of BYU sports. Samson had a good workout on Friday, and here's what he had to say afterwards. Samson, the buzz around here is that uh, you made some inroads today with your speed and your agility. How do you feel? I feel good. Um, came out and just did my natural routine in the mornings. Um, I was feeling good all day, and then to come out and see my family here for the support, um, that just gave me a big boost, and uh, just hearing them in the background just helped keeping me pushing to do better and better every time. So it was, it, it was a really good day today. Your time in the 40, how'd you feel? 4.48? <sighs> I feel like I could have gone a little faster, but other than that, it was really good. 4.48, that's exactly, I couldn't, I could ask for a little bit more, but it was a perfect, it, it was a good day. It was a good run. With 29 teams represented here today, did you hear what you wanted to hear afterwards in the last few minutes to, uh, as far as what might be ahead? Um, I heard a lot, of good, uh, a lot of good things from the coaches. Um, got to talk to a couple of them, and um, now just it's all in the Lord's hands. I came out and did what I needed to do, and now I'm just ready to see what, uh, whatever he takes me. What have you been doing to get in such tremendous shape? Now, the last time we saw you was back in football season. Yeah. feels like a long time ago. This is, a, this is a new you. I know. I was a toothpick back in uh, season, and thankfully I put some weight on. Um, the biggest thing was eating, actually eating good food, some asparagus, some carrots, um, some good carbs. Um, that was the biggest thing is just really eating good foods and um, helped me put a lot of good weight. And uh, it felt, I mean, it all helped out today. And uh, when I took my shirt off, I felt good. I didn't feel like a toothpick, so it was nice. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on you guys today to perform mm. in this setting, but also what an opportunity to be in this setting and a chance to perform. Yes, it was a bit nerve wracking in the morning, but um, as we kept getting every minute into it a little more, like I just started relaxing a little bit more like, hey, this is something we do every day. I've been prepping for these last couple months for this. It's nothing new. It's another practice day for me, and um, everyone's out here to see us perform. It's, it's just like game day, really. So I just thought of it like that and just came out and did my thing. When Puka saw you run that 448, he said to us, he goes, man, I might not be the fastest in the family. <laughs> that was my main goal. I was like, I know Puka's here, so I got to be fast. <laughs> Everyone thinks Puka's faster than me, but we'll see today. <laughs> so I had to fly. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so All much. Right, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I had a chance to visit with him longer than, than that interview afterwards. And I'm just so impressed with his leadership, what he showed uh, on the field uh, last fall and uh, in, in through the offseason, and, and he showed up in tremendous shape and, and had a great workout for the scouts. And I, I guess it's asparagus and carrots. Yeah, kids, remember that, asparagus and carrots. Asparagus is not high on my <laughs> list, but they're hey, on Samson's. I, I had some asparagus last night, got the, <laughs> got the Traeger out. It was great. I, I, I've been really impressed with Samson, too. I mean, his, his leadership on the field was, was very visible, very vocal guy. You know, I, I was at that Utah game, and 
I mean, just his toughness and he didn't back down from anyone. There were a couple of moments where, you know, B, BYU guys could have just backed off and it was like he was right back in their faces and, and not that anyone needs to be violent or anything, but it's he, he's just competitive and I, I was really impressed with him all season long. One of his great stories that he shared with us uh, leading into that Utah game and we did a sit-down interview with him because of the just the drama surrounding all that. Yeah. And, and his ailing grandmother was, was going to be watching the game, and, and he told us in the pregame show that he was going to score a touchdown for her. He told her he was going to score a touchdown oh, for cool. her. And, um, and their dad had passed away and, and had this dream of the boys playing together. And, and Pook had come from Washington and Samson yeah. from, from the University of Utah. And then in, just before halftime, Samson scores the touchdown and uh, celebrates, and then his brother comes down. They take their helmets off. They get 15-yard penalties. <laughs> a few minutes later, you got the referee out of the middle of the field calling an unsportsmanlike conduct on number 45 and number 12, <laughs> the first time in the history of the football program that two brothers <laughs> shared the same unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalty. Cost them an extra point. Remember, the older missed the kick. But everybody loved it. But it was, uh, it was one of the great moments of their lifetime and uh, we'll keep an eye on Samson and uh, wish him the best moving forward. Neil Pavlou, the last time we saw Neil, if you remember, he scored a touchdown, fought to get across the goal line against Idaho State and broke his ankle while he was doing it and then his season had come to an end. Back healthy on Friday and he had a pretty good day too. Here's what he said afterwards. With Neil Pavlou, tell us how pro day went. It went well. Uh, just excited that you know, all the hard work you put in, uh, able to show, you know, what you can do and stuff, but glad it's finally over and stuff. Now you just wait and chill. It's interesting about the human body. The, the last time we saw you, yeah. you scored a touchdown at the goal line against mm -hmm. Idaho State, broke your foot, mm -hmm. and then today you're out running the 40 in front yeah. of 29 NFL teams. Yeah, it just took a lot of work. Because um, when I decided to go train where I was training back on the East Coast, um, we did our main workouts and then it was another two or three workouts out there to make sure that I can get my foot, my legs back under me and stuff. Try to get to 100% before I even came back home um, and then just try to stay you know, active and ready to get ready for today. So what do you hear? What's your gut as far as the road ahead? Uh, I don't know. I, I think first rounders, no. Um, I think after that, you kind of just, you just play the wait and see game. But I'm just excited with the things that I wanted to do in certain drills, I was able to perform and then at the end kind of wrap it up and what I do well and that's route running and stuff and I was able to do that. Let's talk about that for a moment uh, as you look at the NFL and mm -hmm. how competitive it is to get in. Yeah. Uh, but you know your skill set and, mm -hmm. and where do you think you thrive? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's route running, I think it's catching, um, but then also I think it's in the run game. And a lot of the offenses and schemes seem like they're tightening down things um, splits, so we're able to, you know, block down on an end, whatever it is. So those two things, I think, will will fare with me uh, pretty well. We wish you the best. No, thank you. All right, thank you. Neil Powell, a glider in that uh, secondary. And Fessy Sataki was on with us Friday, if you remember, and and he talked about too. Neil's got an ability to get open. Mm -hmm. If you can get open in the NFL, you know, the quarterback can get you the ball, and that means everything. Absolutely. No, the, those are the little intangible things that I think NFL scouts are looking for. Uh, he not only gets open, but you throw it anywhere near him, he's going to get it. Neil had a touchdown against the Utes, and he just found a way to get near the goal line. Had that big one against Arizona down in Las Vegas. And, and uh, so he, too, hoped to get an invite uh, to an NFL camp and try to find his way 
onto a roster. All those decisions coming up in the next month or two should be exciting for these Cougars. Really exciting. Okay, coming up is the transfer portal, the future for BYU basketball. And is the softball team the most Big 12-ready team on campus? This is BYU Sports Nation. On the final Monday of March, back with more in a moment. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Tomorrow, BYU baseball looking to improve upon its perfect record against the Pac-12 as they host Washington State. Gary Scheide and I will have the call 3 o'clock Eastern time. One mountain on the BYU TV app. A little rain in the forecast. Some over over we'll have clouds and overcast. Should be a great day for baseball, right around 50 degrees, maybe. Maybe it was like 80, 80 on Saturday. Uh, he's Tyler. I'm Dave. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. All right, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a global world. Okay, with Duke and UNC taking their rivalry to the next level in the Final Four, would this be the equivalent of BYU facing Utah in a New York Six Bowl game? Can you imagine? All we've had was the Las Vegas Bowl, you know, in a postseason matchup in football for BYU and Utah. But it doesn't get bigger than Duke and North Carolina in basketball lore. And then you throw them in the Final Four, and it's Krzyzewski's final run. Um, Can you imagine if BYU and Utah met in the Final Four or, or in the... Fiesta Bowl would be amazing, be incredible. It, it really is the equivalent. It's exactly what I told my wife last night. This is BYU facing off in the BYU and Utah facing off in the Final Four. So. I'm just impressed your wife was asking a question about that. That's I think that's next level stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, unfortunately, she's got a bracket. She's she's still following <laughs> that's right. it. Unfortunately, I had Arizona, so I'm out of the family pool, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, unfortunately, BYU and Utah in football aren't going to play for a couple of years. Because uh, BYU would beat them again uh, this fall, and uh, and they're going to go play Florida, and BYU's got Baylor coming in and some different things. So, all right, how about this one? Speaking of the rivalry, uh, is this tweet from Boney Fuller the best Will Smith Chris Rock meme from the infamous Oscar smack or slap or whatever it was last night? What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, this is the best one I've seen so far for sure. I mean, very interesting situation, uh, but. Jaron Hall, hey, he's he's here to stay. And you know what's crazy about that from last night? Nobody's talking about whatever movie won Best Picture. They're just talking about that. <laughs> know, so way to ruin your own night. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting moment for Will Smith, no doubt. Okay, um, softball sweeps future Big 12 foe Iowa State this weekend. Are they the most ready BYU team to make the transition? The Big 12? That's a good question. I think they, they've played great against the Cyclones, and the Cyclones are pretty good. Oregon beat them on Tuesday. The game was tied 3 3 late, and then Oregon kind of blew it open in the last couple of innings. So it was a P5 week for BYU, and they went 3 and 1. Um, this is a team that wins every year. Uh, they go to the tournament every year. I think it's 16 straight now, and Gordon Eakin's a fantastic coach. He's got a lot of youth on this team. Zavodnik is a sophomore. Might be the best player ever to come out of BYU before she's done as far as softball. Um, and so with that kind of talent, you bet. But soccer's pretty good. Volleyball's pretty good. I know the women's sports are so much more prepared for Big 12 play than the men right now, but, but the men can catch up. Yeah, the men definitely have some catching up to do. But hey, track and field as well. Yeah, cross country and everything. It's 
it's a good time. They have dominated. Uh, well, they won the at least the fall Sears Cup type thing. We'll see what ends up in the spring as, as far as the most championships for a school. All right, finally this one. This one had a lot of attention over the weekend. Barstool U ranks BYU 13th on their top 50 party school rankings. Too high? <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I always told my buddies uh, from around the country uh, about BYU parties. Hey, there's there's a lot of Red Bull. There's no alcohol. <laughs> very, very cute girls, okay? Uh, I, I love the parties at BYU. If they factored in FHEs every Monday, then yeah, no school can touch the get-togethers <laughs> that they'll call parties in, in the history of mankind. Okay, Max Hall posted this video of him working out with Ty Detmer to Twitter this weekend. There you go. Oh, oh he's yeah. ready. Well, ready, ready, coach. He's ready. I'm he's ready. ready. Frederick doesn't have a chance Thursday. <laughs> okay, after further review of the film, is Max ready uh, for Thursday's alumni game? At least the first series. It looks like he's ready for the first series. Give him, give Max him is a competitor. Series. He is not coming up here to to throw some interceptions. Oh, he's ready to win. But I love that, that he's got Ty Detmer's tutelage, and uh, and Ty is one of our favorites of all time, certainly one of the uh, fan favorites in the history of BYU football. And, and all of a sudden he pops in there and says he's Max is ready for Thursday. No chance for Federick. I, I, just based on that, I'm putting my money on Max. Hey, I, I will always put my money on Max. <laughs> that dude is, is a competitor as, as there is. A so. lot of people don't realize that no quarterback in the history of BYU won more football games than Max Hall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to try to win another one Thursday night uh, live on the BYU TV app. Should be some fun. Okay, coming up, Ryzen shout out to someone who, who gets their teammate across the plate at a high level. And how much the transfer portal is going to be a part of BYU's future. That discussion straight ahead as BYU Sports Nation continues. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday softball doubleheader, BYU New Mexico, 7 Eastern time. It all starts live on the BYU TV app on Thursday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B, Dave McCann, Tyler Hawes. We're going to see guys from BYU enter the transfer portal this offseason. I think, I think that's a given. As to who, we're not sure. We also are going to see Mark Pope and his staff go into the transfer portal and take a good look around. Uh, and we'll see that also happen in just about every sport on campus. So is the future program building in the portal? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think not so much, not so much in the portal, but around the portal. I think, um, or yeah, I mean, my opinion is, has always been, hey, you gotta have, you gotta have good freshmen coming in. You got to build build your program that way from the inside out, and then fill the pieces with the transfer portal. Um, I think there's I think there's guys in that transfer portal that are in there for the wrong reasons right. and have are bouncing around and uh, aren't committed guys to to the the you know the values and and culture and things that Pope and his staff are trying to build. And so it's a tough job for these coaches to sift through and and figure out. Uh, you know, who, who are those guys that, uh, you know, are, are in there for the right reason and can come in and embrace BYU and, and ha show that commitment, right? How about the, um, 
one-time transfer rule that's tied into the portal where a kid doesn't have to sit out. Usually, if, if one of your teammates were going to transfer, they would want to leave so bad that they'd go somewhere else and sit out a whole season mm-hmm. just to get the chance to play. And with that rule and the portal, that's non-existent. You can be yep. at Kentucky today and BYU tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it has changed everything in recruiting, especially for uh, for the, the the senior class of, of high school kids. Right? They, I, I feel like they get overlooked a lot of times. And and Dave, like you know, I I've spent some time uh, coaching some some high school kids lately, and yeah. the the talent level is different these days. Kids are coming up more skilled and more ready for college basketball than than ever before and so it adds a a a unique weird element into to the recruiting process but i definitely think uh there there are pieces uh and opportunities to be had for sure and and byu they've got some work to do um and there's always some turnover in roster expect a couple of guys to to be pushed out or, or want to leave. You know, we saw that last year with, with Connor Harding and, and some other guys, yeah. Wyatt, Wyatt Lowell. But, um, you know, I, I think they're going to bring in uh, another guard, at least a scoring guard, and then they've got to go find another big. Mike Little with a baseball coach. I talked to him about that in our preps for the weekend series on BYU TV. And, and we talked about the portal and he says he hates the portal, hmm. but he has to shop it yeah, because it's there and you got to use it. And as BYU prepares its baseball roster for the Big 12, there's going to be pieces that you can go get immediately. He prefers grad transfers because they're a little more established on what they want yeah. in that one year that they have. But, uh, but, but you have to use it. And as a non-P5, if BYU isn't going to the Big 12, I think I'd have a different opinion on the portal. Uh, because as, an, as a non-P5, you go recruit a kid out of high school and you spend five years trying to get him and you get him and he has a good season and he's going to leave because mm-hmm. he's going oh, to go to this place, this place. Yeah. Uh, all, all of our Utah Valley de- deals with that all the time. Good team, good player, player's gone because he yeah. wants to go to a bigger team. Um, but now that BYU is heading into, the, into a P5 with the Big 12, in basketball especially, it is now uh, you attract a different player and you can go get a backup center at Duke, who's not playing at Duke, who could thrive in a, your, on your team and play in a tougher league uh, or a league just as tough. And so then all of a sudden it's attractive to that player, whoever that might be, and it's attractive to BYU. And I, I, I think with the P5 for BYU, the portal is a, a blessing because now you can go get some beef that you need to compete while you bring along Dallin Hall and Colin Chandler and some of these potential superstars that you have as freshmen. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I look at the track record of this BYU coaching staff. I mean, you get an Arizona transfer out of Alex Barcelo. You get uh, a, a really talented guy in Gideon, Gideon George coming. You get Matt Harms coming. And, and that's even before the Big 12. And so I think this coaching staff does a very, very good job in that portal. Seneca Knight, another one. Um, T. John Lucas, and right? it shattered. They've shattered the stereotype that you've got to be a Latter Day Saint to play at BYU. Yep, uh, you got to follow the rules like everyone else. Mm-hmm. But you can come, and if you're willing to do that, uh, you can be a devout Muslim and start at center. Yeah, and your backup can be a devout Muslim from the other side of Africa and play just as much. And all of a sudden, everyone goes, "Hey, I want to play for him because I like him as a coach, and they have an awesome fan base." And they're on TV all the time, uh, and I can still um, 
I don't have to change faiths. Mm -hmm. I've got to live that lifestyle. And all of a sudden, here come all these guys. Alex yep. Barcelo is the top of that list. Yeah, I think it's awesome that they, they've spun that argument uh, in the recruiting process to, to in, in a positive way. It should be a positive thing. It's been, you know, the honor code and, and BYU's culture is, is, has been looked down upon uh, in, in years past. And you get the right guy that wants to come and embrace, embrace the culture and values that BYU stands for. It's only going to elevate you and your life and and elevate your academics, elevate your play on, on the court. It helps you focus on, on the right things, focus on relationships the right way. And BYU's coaching staff, they, they lead with that. They're looking for those guys that want to come in and, and give, give a few years of, of total focus. And I, I think it's awesome. Tyler Algier, mm -hmm. Chris Brooks. Uh, who's come and embraced uh, the, everything that BYU has to offer right yeah. away mm -hmm. to settle into his season. Kalani's done a great job selling the honor code as a positive. Uh, this big recruit that, that uh, signed this last week from, from the South said that uh, the honor code was one of the reasons he chose to, be, to come to BYU, a four-star mm -hmm. defensive guy. Uh, you know what? Not everyone wants to eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah. You know, some people want another kind of life and 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 BYU and there's a number of other schools too but but BYU offers that maybe more so than any other place and and that's one thing Mark Pope said is is no matter what faith you are you can thrive on this campus more than any other campus in America because of what BYU is and that sells mm -hmm. and it's true it, it's mm -hmm. it's helpful that it's true because it's easier to sell mm -hmm. and you can say why why should I believe you coach don't believe me go ask him yep yeah no, I, you know, I, I think the argument for the parents, too, is there. I mean, what, what parent is going to say, yeah, I don't want my kid to, to, to go live these values and excel in the classroom and focus on, on growing their game? I, I think too many people are, are, are quick to say, hey, yeah, they, they want to party and, and do all these things. I love the story of Jamal Williams and his mom as they sat in the office and it was explained to them the honor code and Jamal sitting there and his mom goes, yes, we're coming. <laughs> she committed for him. <laughs> and, uh, and he graduated as the all-time leading rusher in the history of the school. It's amazing. And look what he's doing now in the NFL. I yeah. mean, the opportunity is, is unbelievable. Okay. Where are we at, Dave? <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna look at uh, uh, the most important focus for BYU hoops this off season. We, we asked go. people, and now we've got your responses. We're gonna share some of those. Right, rising shout out, going deep twice. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't for, forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, what is the most important off-season focus for BYU hoops? Lots of responses. We thank you for participating with us. Uh, let's read a couple of them. At tag TBD on Twitter. If BYU wants to be better next season, they've got to bring in more talent than they lose whether that's from the transfer portal or developing existing talent. That's probably from the smartest basketball mind in the world. Hmm. That makes sense. Hey, 
Totally, totally makes sense. <laughs> Got to be better than you were last year and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Very simple approach. All right. How about at Jay Butler Fan? Additional front court skill development for those in the program and quality front court depth via recruiting. Down low threat opens up the outside shots. I think to BYU's advantage, they have a coach at 6'10 and an assistant coach at 6'11 as far as uh, down uh, development of the low post. Yeah, for sure. I mean, inside, those guys are as skilled and as knowledgeable as they come. But, I mean, look no further in my experience. I love Coach Pope was an assistant while I was here. Yeah. And he, I mean, his his player development program is second to none. I, I, I owe a lot of my success to, to what he did for me. In response, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. And it is at Post Jimmer putting a plan in place to prepare for 2023. That's, that's his most important. <laughs> and uh, the Big 12's coming July 1, 2023. And, uh, and maybe that captures the, the gist of all of it is you really have 18 months to get ready for the Big better 12. better start ramping up because it is coming. All right, thanks for participating on that. There's plenty of ideas, and they'll be bouncing around Twitter all day. Today's Rise and Shouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Violet Savodnik's weekend? Nine runs batted in, three home runs, two three-run home runs, went 5-11 from the plate, a three-game sweep of Iowa State, so she did it against P5 pitching. She had a couple of strikeouts, too, as she kind of learns from one at bat to the other. And then when she was dialed in, see you later. She's dominating right now. Arguably, Dave, the, the goat of BYU softball. Yeah. Am I, am I out of line to say that? No, you're not. Gordon Eakin, the head coach, in fact, told me. <laughs> Thank you. Go. Thank you. Uh, that right now her name's mentioned in the Barcelos. Uh, of, of the world on campus. When she's done, it'll be in the Steve Young's, Jimmer Fredette's, Tyler Haas's, wow. uh, the greats of the greats, Danny Ainge, Jim McMahon, Violet Savodnik, we will see. Thanks to our guests today, Tyler Algier, Samson Akua, and Neil Pau. Okay, the conversation continues on BYU, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll see you tomorrow.